Hey y'all, you are rocking with Cheryl and Natty on the Shades of Strong podcast, where we are creating space for Black women to do strong differently so they can do life with less stress, less worry, and less emotional overwhelm. Natty, what's What's up, Natty? How are you? How are all the things? What you been doing? What's up, sis? I am feeling whelmed today not super not over i will take that because yesterday we were both like yeah oh god yesterday was a lot we were supposed to record an episode and then we both got on and we were just girl we didn't know where our head was so we was just mm-hmm. like we're not gonna do it today so it really gave us an opportunity to just process what we were experiencing in the moment but today i will take whelmed yeah, that's better than than over for me, and then un- and under is just that's certainly not ideal either. Because just like wow, you must be bored. <laughs> we're in the middle today. Yes, we're very much in the middle. So Natty, since we've been talking about nurturing ourselves, I think since we started recording in 2023, we've kind of been talking about nurturing ourselves and getting mm-hmm. practice of doing that. So I thought mm-hmm. we could share with our listeners. In each episode, what we've done to nurture ourselves for the day, or even if you haven't done anything, what do you plan to do to nurture yourself? And guess what that does for us? <laughs> Holds us accountable, sis. You're right. I was thinking she's going to say, you said, guess what that does? I'm like, it gives us ideas. And you're like, no, no, <laughs> like, no it holds us accountable. accountable. Because let me tell you something, every day is like yesterday, I didn't do anything to nurture myself. I just really was just trying to figure out why I was feeling the way I was feeling. So I didn't really do anything to nurture myself. But I'm thinking if we pose this question every episode, then it gives us an opportunity to make sure that we are nurturing ourselves every day. So Natty, what have you done to nurture yourself today? Okay, so full disclosure, I I woke up really, really late. So I am, I'm not even gonna lie, I woke up at like, like 12 minutes before we were supposed, supposed to record. Are you serious? So I, Girl, I was, you were sleep sweet. <laughs> I woke up this morning and I was up for like an hour, an hour and a half maybe. And then I went back to sleep. And yeah, and then I woke up again, just like 12 minutes, 12, 15 minutes ago. So what I am doing to nurture myself right now, like right before I got on the call, I was like, okay, let me put something in my stomach now. I usually can wait until after, but I was like, no. and so past me purchased a little thing of crab salad from Kroger. And that was yesterday. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad I remembered to do that so I could have that for for lunch. So I grabbed it and opened it up. And it's it's just a little snack that I really enjoy, but I don't always get it. So I, I got that for myself yesterday and I, I had a few bites of it before I got on got on the call with you. <laughs> So you treated yourself to a little, a little snacky snack. A little snacky snack. <laughs> My nurture, nurturing moment today was kind of unintentional, but halfway intentional. Because last night before I went to bed, I said, I'm going to get up when my alarm goes off. As of, as of late, I haven't been doing that. I have my alarm set for 5.55. And as of late, I just been like laying in the bed for like, a couple hours sometimes I don't get up to like eight and that's not the norm for me so anyway I said I'm gonna get up when my alarm goes off and so by doing that I was able to nurture myself because this morning I got up and I was able to have my coffee and just sit in my big comfy chair and just enjoy my cup of coffee because normally when I'm having my cup of coffee I'm straightening my bed 
maybe I'm preparing my breakfast, you know, and sipping on my cup at, at the same mm-hmm. time. But this time I had done the things by the time I had, you know, gone through my morning routine. So by the time I had my had my coffee, I was able to just sit down in my big comfy chair and watch Family Feud. So Ooh. it wasn't intended. <laughs> like fam- Family Feud is like, I watch it every day. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's one of my things. Like I have to do it every morning. I wasn't intending for it to be a nurturing moment, but it actually turned into a nurturing moment for me. And so after I did it, I was like, hmm, maybe I'll do this again tomorrow. Yeah. Like we were saying, yesterday was a really heavy day for us. Mm-hmm. For me, I was really just taken aback by the recent school shooting. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like the world is on, is a dumpster fire most. Mm-hmm. Of the time, like it's been like that since 2020. It's just like every time we put out one fire, another fire p- pops up. And so yesterday was just like really, really heavy for me. And so Natty, like I was saying, Natty and I was just, just like really gave ourselves the space to just like kind of pour out what mm-hmm. we were feeling, and that kind of leads me into top of our topic of, a, of conversation today. And we want to talk about safe spaces. The whole safe spaces conversation, I think, came up because we had this had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with some some very insightful millennials and Gen Zers because Natty and I are brainstorming ways of how we can give our listeners what they need. And so we created what Natty refers to as a brain trust, where mm-hmm. we are gathering with millennials and Gen Zers to see what the needs are, what the wants are. I think maybe three or four of them on a call talked about, you know, safe spaces and community and sisterhood and all of that. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about creating safe spaces, what safe, what safe spaces have looked like for us in our, you know, throughout our years as we're aging and, and all the things, what it's looked like. Maddie and I actually talked yesterday about creating SOS safe spaces. And so we'll talk a little bit about that later on in the episode, give some information on what that'll look like and how you can sign up for it and all of that. So Natty. Mm-hmm. What ha- what have been some safe spaces for you throughout your life? What have you considered safe spaces? To be completely honest with you, up until the last couple of years with the things that we have created, you and I have created, I never actually had a safe space. I've been in a circle of, of friends. I've had like a, f- a friend group before. Mm-hmm. Had that a couple of times in, in my life. I was part of a friend group in my late 20s. I was part of a friend group in my kind of mid 20s. Neither one of those spaces, at the time, I thought they were safe spaces. Yeah. Neither one of those spaces were was actually safe. The friend group that I was in that I look back on with the most fondness is the friend group that I was in when I was in college. But I also would not call that a safe space because in college, your friendships, they can be solid. Don't get me wrong. I had a best friend in college. She was amazing to this day. I, I think she's amazing. I just haven't talked to her in over a decade. It's, it's not because of anything bad. It's just life and you lose touch with people. So she's unfortunately someone that I've just lost touch with. Friendships can be solid, but also I think because you're young and there's a lot of stuff you don't know, and there's a lot of, I wouldn't say performing going on because it doesn't feel that way when you're in your late teens, you know, 2021. But there is a lot of, for me anyway, thinking, you know, thinking about everyone else and not thinking about my own, how I feel about different things. 
Now, again, this isn't like, has any, nothing really to do with like the, the person that at the time was my best friend, but we were both in this larger friend group and it was a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, like, we were still kids, especially until, you know, we're, we're still got teen on the end of our age, 18, 19. We were definitely still kids and we still, you know, displayed sometimes that kind of of behavior. I don't look back on it now and and find fault with it. I, I think it comes with the age and comes with trying to find your way in a world by yourself when you're living away from home and you're having to be an adult and all that stuff. So I don't I don't find any fault with it, but it is what it is. So there were things, there were moments within that friend group where a friend would share something with me that she may not have shared with anyone else. And in that moment, that felt like a safe space. But that was something that I was trying to provide for the friend. There were things that I went through in my college years that I never told any of those girls. Because something deep down inside of me did not feel safe to share that with them. So that actually wasn't a safe space. I haven't had a safe space until the last few years working with you. Gosh, I love it. I mean, I don't love that you haven't had one, but I love that you haven't. Been. Yeah, I know what you mean. And there's so many, there's so many social groups and social activities that you can be a part of. I was during my junior high years, I was on the basketball team. That was a lot of fun. I love playing basketball. Mm-hmm. My high school years, I was that first, my freshman year of high school, I was in the marching band. I played the flute. That was a lot of fun. And then the subsequent years throughout my high school career, I was in, uh, I was still in the marching band, but I was on the drill team. And then by the time I was a senior, I was the captain of the drill team. And that's, you know, there, there are these little groups of girls, you know, and they're social groups. And those were very fun times, like being on the basketball team was helpful for me, especially as a kid who had just lost her dad, being in the marching band, even being in chorus and symphonic band and and going places and going on trips and doing all state chorus and all that. But especially being on the drill team, that was so much fun. And that helped make school as a whole, a more positive experience for me. But those were definitely not safe spaces at all, <laughs> you know. So it's it's not to say that I was never part of any groups. I mm-hmm. was. I I was part of other groups also in college that were great, but they were, you know, how now we have like parasocial relationships because of social media. I don't right. know what you would call those relationships that I had with, with you know, in, within those different groups in college and in high school and stuff. They weren't parasocial because it was face to face. But it was basically that. It wasn't what I would call a safe space. Right. That is something very different. And I I would not be surprised if very few of us have ever had that. Well, funny you should say that. <laughs> because even when you were <laughs> even when you were talking and you were talking about being a part of like did you say drill team or cheerleader? Uh, drill team, yeah. Drill team, basketball, and all of that. See, I never participated in anything in school because I hated school. All I wanted to do was just do my work, and I barely did that, and go home. So I didn't participate in any type of extracurricular activities, but I did have groups of people that I hung out with, and it was just like at the bus stop. It was like, and then we mm-hmm. had this like um the um the penny store. That's what it was called, the penny store. And so we would gather there, and then we had a place that. It was like a game room or whatever where you could go and play arcades and then they had like this mm-hmm. 
diner scene set up where you could listen to the jukebox and all, and all of that. Oh, girl, oh, I just feel so nostalgic right now. Those were good times. And so they were good a, times. Those were such good times. And I kind of sort of, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of feel like the game room may have been a safe space for me because me and my little friends at that time, we were all sit, sit at the, um, what they call booths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would, we would have our little dreams and we just be sitting in there talking about, you know, whatever. Yeah. I can't remember the conversations. And I remember to like being excited to to meet my friends, you know, in the, in those in, in places like that. Like I would actually be excited to go to the bus stop in the morning. I wasn't excited about going to school, but to be at the bus stop and hang out with my friends and we just like, you know, talking about whatever, you know, crushes we had, you know, and all those things. So I kind of feel like those may have kind of sort of been safe spaces for me before the whole world safe space came to be. And then Mm -hmm. um, as I got older, I can remember when I used to go to the hair salon, I kind of feel like that was a safe space for me because I I can remember like going into the hair salon, getting my hair done and the conversations that we would have in there. Like I remember one time when I was getting my hair done with my most recent, um, I don't go to the hair salon anymore, but the last lady who did my hair and I was like, I had met this guy and I had exchanged, we had exchanged phone numbers, you know, kind of get to know each other. And he would text me good morning every morning. Like that's all he would say was good, good morning. I'm just like, so one day I'm in the salon and I get a good morning text from him, from him. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm just so sick of getting these texts, these, this good morning text. And so that for, for the couple of people that were in there, it opened up a whole conversation about, you know, what we expect in relationships. And, you know, before love language was like trending like it is now, we talked about what our love languages were. We didn't call it that, but you know, that's what it is now that they've labeled it. But uh, mm-hmm. we talked about all those things. And so I actually left the salon that day and made up my mind that I don't want to talk to mm-hmm. you no more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. He's he's not what I'm looking for. So I felt like feel like that may have been a safe space. And even before going to the hair salon, we used to do kitchen hair, where my mm-hmm. sister um was in cos my my younger sister was in cosmetology school. She would do my hair. She would do my mom's hair. She would do my aunt's hair. She would do some people hair from church. Mm-hmm. And we would, girl, uh, just the conversations like we would get us some Popeye's chicken. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were just sitting there and we would just talk if it came up it came out like we would just talk and talk and talk and then church used to be a safe space for me before it, it came so radical <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's the right word I want to use it probably has always been over the top but now that I've grown and evolved like some stuff I'm just like eh. you know so mm-hmm. there was that and like you Natty I didn't have like a lot of I didn't have like a huge circle of friends, but it probably in my late thirties, early forties, I did have a group of friends that where we had like a girls' night out and we had a pretty good, you know, relationship. But in hindsight, like you, I see that that really wasn't a safe space for me because of how that group, that whole thing ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think when I think about safe spaces, I think about a place where like you were saying, you and I are for each other. I think about a place where we can talk about the hard stuff, but also I think about a place where I can just be myself. Like I don't have to pretend like mm-hmm. everything is okay for me. I don't have to. And then just a place where we can just laugh and just talk about nothing. If we don't want to talk about nothing, just like if it come up, it come out, you know? So that's when I think about safe spaces, that that's, that's what I think about. I think about community. I think about sisterhood. I think about 
just like sipping on some margaritas. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think what you said about, you know, having the sense of community, yes, and having the sisterhood and yes, and being able to be yourself. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think, you know, as you were describing the play, the groups of friends you had, I was thinking, well, yeah, I used to do stuff like that with, you know, my drill team, you know, that's what, mm-hmm. yeah. now I don't even know if it's still called drill team. It might be called the dance line, whatever. I don't know. You know, all over it. You see it on Instagram. I love it. Every time I see one of these black high schools or HBCU drill like, teams pop up, I'm like, yes, <laughs> I, it brings back good memories. But it's like, okay, yeah, I used to do that with them. I used to go to the mall where you go to the food court mm-hmm. and we would chill out at the food court and it was fun. We would get invited to parties. I, I went to a couple of parties. It was just kind of, it was like, well, I, I had a, I just felt like I didn't quite belong there. It wasn't like, mm. you know, like I would go and everyone's chilling, you know, no, nothing bad is happening, but just like, hmm, this just doesn't really feel like my vibe. You know, gotcha. the, the, my boyfriend at the time, we had our own like little kind of circle of friends. And so I remember us hanging out. We would hang out at the convenience store, play video games. That was great. All of that stuff all the way up through, you know, college and through my 20s, those things that those descriptors that you used apply. But the difference is you said somewhere where I could be myself. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely important. That's not that I was, I was pretending. I wasn't pretending. There were just things that I knew that that I knew in my gut that it wasn't like, don't, don't, don't go all the way there and be fully yourself. I, yeah. I look back now and I attribute that to some sort of um, neurodivergence. Maybe I had ADHD, who knows? But I do know that I would notice with other kids, they get labeled as weird or they get labeled, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. And when I was young and in elementary school, yeah, that was a real struggle. It was a, it was a really big struggle. So it was like, wait, let me, let me get some skills. Let me, let me learn how to play basketball. Let me, you know, I was always, I guess, kind of athletic and, and I always had musical talents. It was like, well, I'm going to be in the chorus and I'm going to join the band. And those are places where I kind of thrived and was able to, to develop my skill, which led me to being on the drill team. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to be the best that I can be in this group. And I'm going to be going to be my regular, pretty chill, nice self. I wasn't someone who got into a lot of fights. It's not that I never got into fights, but I wasn't someone who got into a lot of fights. So I wasn't thought of as a mean girl or anything like that. And I wasn't a bully. That was, that was one of the kids that was bullied. So I wasn't. So I'm like, let me get into these places and let me just be the best that I can be, not to be better than anyone else, but like to shine in a way that makes them, I don't know, I guess, accept that part of me. Mm -hmm. And if they can accept that part of me, then I don't have to let my guard down or whatever. So there were just things where I just, I wouldn't let my guard down. And I, I remember like part of being able to be yourself is to be able to turn to someone when you're going through something difficult. Now I had singular friends that weren't necessarily in a group that I could talk to about slightly deeper stuff, but even them, I didn't tell them everything. So that being able to be fully yourself for me means having someone to turn to when there is something serious really going on Mm -hmm. and you can actually talk to them. I definitely didn't have that at the beauty shop. It's not that the beauty shop was bad. I loved going to the beauty shop, but no, that that was not that place for me. I loved going to church when I was young, but that was not that one it. 
I had none of those places where I could be myself to the point that I could talk to someone in that group about something hard that was going on with me and being depressed and all of that stuff. I did not feel like there was anyone that was really going to understand that or not throw it back in my face at a later date or anything like that. There was something within me that did not feel that it was safe. So I'm grateful for, you know, the times that I had within those different groups, but I do have a bit of sadness about not feeling like, oh, that, you know, I had a lot, I had some homegirls, but I never told my homegirl this or that, or I had homegirls that told me stuff, but I never told them stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, I totally get that because within a safe space, even though you're hanging out with these people, there has to be a, sen- a sense of belonging. Right. A, a, a sense of understanding. Like nobody's going to judge me if I do a thing or say a thing. Yeah. Even in the safe spaces that I mentioned that I felt like probably were safe spaces, I felt a sense of belonging there. And I felt like the girls that I was hanging out with, they understood. So in order for it to be a safe space, then you have to, number one, be able to be yourself. Number two, mm-hmm. you have to feel like you belong. And then number three, the people that are in that space, you have to feel like they're, they understand me. They get me. Mm-hmm. I think about sometimes like if I'm if I go to a place and <laughs> maybe like there are only one, two, two two black people in the spotlight even if I go to dinner somewhere I find myself like if it if it's where mostly white people you know eat dinner or whatever mm-hmm. I'll find myself trying to find a black person or a black woman and mm-hmm. it's just like when I find a black woman and our eyes meet I don't know I just feel like I feel safe <laughs> yeah yeah there's just like this that's feeling very of, uh-huh. that's very real because it's like she looks at me and i look at her and then we both know we got each other you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying so mm-hmm. for me in that moment she immediately becomes my safe space you know what i'm saying if mm-hmm. that makes sense but that's i kind of like feel like okay I'm, I'm in this sea of whiteness and here's somebody that looks like me and so we immediately we know we got each other in that moment she becomes my safe space. So saying all that to say, these safe spaces are going to look different for all of us. But like I said, it's, it you have to be able to be yourself. There has to be a sense of belonging. There has to be, you have to be in, in the um, company of people that understand and get you. And I think for Black women, I think like we've been gathering, we've been gathering mm-hmm. in safe spaces for as long as I can remember. And so I find myself missing the gathering. <laughs> Yeah, because since COVID, I really have kind of like isolated myself. And I think that's what some of the ladies were saying on that call that I was talking about earlier is that we I think we become comfortable with being by ourselves or not necessarily being with ourselves, but we've become we've become comfortable with not gathering in spaces. And so some of the ladies on that call were saying that they would love to have that. And so mm-hmm. Nanny and I was like, let's get the people what they want. Listen, <laughs> you know, like tell us a thing that that's needed and we can be like, exactly. oh, right. Say yes. less. We'll go do that. <laughs> yes, we'll go do that. So that's that's really what we want to create with the SOS safe spaces. Shades of Strong, SOS Saving Ourselves, whatever y'all want to say. I love saving <laughs> ourselves. So yeah. SOS. And so, yeah. So we wanted to talk about safe spaces today because we want to create a community of sorts where our listeners can come and gather in a space. And of course, it'll be virtual for now because we got listeners all over the country, mm-hmm. you know, all over and, the place, um, yeah, all over the place. And so it'll be virtual for now. It won't 
Now, you explained it best yesterday. Tell them what you said, girl. Um, okay, so I don't really fully remember, but I will I will go like off the dome right now. So being able to come together, even if it's virtually for right now, and what what I, what I and I'm gonna just speak for Shirley too, what we would like yes. to create is an atmosphere where young women, women out, you know, all the way up to women our age and beyond. Black women can come together and they can feel like Shirley was saying that there is a sense of sisterhood. There's a sense of belonging. There uh-huh. is a sense of, of safety in that, Hey, I can talk to this group about what's going on with me and I'm not going to be judged. Right. I'm not going to be gaslit. I'm not going to be any of those things. I'm going to be listened to and I'm going to have space held for me and I'm going to feel supported because that's the thing that I know that I was missing in my life. But also that is something that can help women right now, like Shirley was saying, especially since, since COVID began. It can help us all feel a little less isolated. Yeah. And the thing that the younger, the Gen Z and millennial women said uh, when we spoke to them, they said they they called it a support group. They're like, we would like to have maybe a support group. So I'm like, okay, then let's let's be a support group. And every time I think of support group, I, as a matter of fact, one of the the groups that I was in in my twenties was supposed was kind of a hybrid, and one of the hybrid pieces was a support group. And it's really wild that I didn't feel super supported in that group. Again, four reasons, but let's create an actual support group where the women that come and gather with us, like I said, they feel like they are being listened to. Exactly. They know that they can come in and they don't even necessarily have to talk. Maybe they're shy or maybe they feel like, well, I don't even know that you need these people or whatever, whatever. But they can come in and they can just be there and they can listen to other people and eventually know that it is safe for them to speak up as well and that they're going to be listened to. And yeah, that will build that sense of, can build a sense of camaraderie in time. It can build that sense of belonging Mm -hmm. and it can build that, that sisterhood. That's what we, um, you know, I mean, now I won't say we, we all, maybe, maybe we all don't, but that's what, that's something that I've always wanted. Like I wanted to pledge a sorority when I was in college. Why? Because I wanted to be, well, first yeah. of all, because the sorority that I wanted to pledge was cool. The, the opera singer that I've always admired my entire life was part of that sorority. The, the, the first black woman, this first black woman, that a bunch of them were all in that sorority. And plus they were cool. And plus I loved going to step shows and I looked, you know, they looked cool doing that. All of that stuff. Of course I wanted to do that. At, you know, that's why I wanted to, to, to join when I was 20 years old, mm-hmm. but underneath all of that, I believed as a 20 year old, well, if I join this group, then I'll finally belong somewhere. Right. Then I'll finally have a sisterhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I'll yeah. finally be around. I'll, I'll have, they'll be my sisters. They won't just be mm-hmm. my friends. They'll be my sisters yeah. and it'll be safe for me. So you don't actually have to join a club um, or social club to do that. Right. It's nothing. There's nothing wrong with social clubs, but being able to form organically uh, with other women that without having to you know, pay dues and, um, or we're all going to wear the same thing or anything like that. 
because there's also the 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 not everyone is going to have access to something like that anyway. Not everyone is a college student. Not everyone is um, is is going to co- you know what I mean. So it's like that wouldn't even be the answer for everybody. So it's important to have options of building organic community outside right, of something that's created to be a sort of stru- structure like that. I think what we are doing, you and I right, are doing right now, Shirley, is we're kind of building things very organically. We're like, oh, oh yeah, this person contacted us and they, so maybe let's just get together and talk with them. And then that happens mm-hmm. and then it's great. And then they're like, hey, can we do this again? I'd like to bring a mm-hmm. friend. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. that's really good. That, that tells me that there are women that feel comfortable as a result of listening to us with coming mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means the world to me. So that's kind of what we're, wanting to do is just is just hold space for women who want to feel like they've got somewhere to go like and and if if it is a support group they've got it and they know that they're going to be listened to and they know that they're going to be shown the utmost care um that's very important to me i know it's very important to Shirley. absolutely like we like and honestly we really just want to gather in a space where we can share the everyday happenings of life you know, because life be happening. <laughs> it just be it's happening. So you know, intense. It's girl, but not even just that, but just like to sip on some margaritas and have a good time. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, because it's extremely important. It's it's very important because sometimes you just want to escape reality for a bit, and so this space that we are creating—that's what it'll be. It'll be a space for you to pour out. Whatever you're dealing with in the moment, it'll be a space for you to just escape reality for a moment. It will be whatever you need it to be because you're going to help us create it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so whatever you need it to be, that's what it's going to be. And before whoever may be listening for me, listening to this, come and say, like, why just for black women? Because I've had that question posed to me before by a black woman. Well, here's why. <laughs> Yeah, like years ago, in yes, that like previous years ago, episode, remember, you remember mentioned said that to why. Me? Yes. <laughs> like, why? Like, why? I mean, I love the show, but why is it just for black women? And, and you know, I had a whole episode about it and explained to her why. So I'm going to address that now. Mm-hmm. I believe with everything in me that safe spaces for black women matter because yeah. we as black women face a very unique set of challenges that are often overlooked unheard dismissed and so for for me i feel like us having a safe space where we can pour pour out our stuff with people who look like us helps me to connect with my sisters on a different on a deeper level it creates space for me to share my stories and my journeys and then get to hear somebody else's story and journeys and and it all just they get me. So that's why we're saying this space is for Black women. It's because we want to be amongst people who look like us, who are not going to d- dismiss what we're saying just because they can, or maybe it's not a big deal to them, or that's never happened to me, or all people yeah. aren't like that. You not know, relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so we, so this will provide us a sense of togetherness with people that look like us and understand what our experiences are as a black female culture. 
So that is, ex- yeah. oh my gosh, that's so important. And I just yeah. want to add to what you were saying, Shirley, or for me, the two social groups, friend groups that I was a part of in my twenties, those were not groups that were just for black women. Mm-hmm. Those were groups that actually the, the black women were, <laughs> well, one, I think I was the only black woman. And then the other, there were very few. There were very few of us. Believe me when I tell you, you're not ever going to feel safe in a space like that. Mm. And it's not going to be because you're like me and you just kind of have your guard up, you know. It's going to be because you're going to get into one of those those places and it's going to be all, yes, you know, we're women. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and there's going to be an incident where you will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are not safe there. And I don't mean necessarily, you know, oh, physically safe. Right. Because maybe you are physically safe, but emotionally, uh, spiritually, energetically, whatever, mentally, there's, there will always, (laughs) well, you know, Maybe not always. There's probably, I'm sure there's always an exception to the rule, right? But I am saying this is a rule. There will be an incident where you will know. You will absolutely know. Oh, wait, this ain't, this ain't that kind of party. This ain't that place. This is not 100% safe for me. And there have been other Black women that I have known of and or read about, heard about, that found this out the very hard way. And that is why also, in addition to everything Shirley said, that is why it is important. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you get into a group of all black women and nothing bad can happen. Of course it doesn't mean that. Because I had previous experiences in all of my other friend groups and it was all black girls, all black women. But there is a special kind of isolation that one feels when they are in a group where they are, well, for lack of a better word, the minority. Mm -hmm. That's a different kind of isolation that you Mm -hmm. feel. Absolutely, yeah. And it does a lot to you. Yes, feeling, uh, going through really awful experiences within groups solely of Black women, that can be very, very painful, especially emotionally. It can be extremely painful. I would venture to say, though, that there is still a level of safety that nine times out of 10 you're going to have that you will not have with a group that is supposedly for everyone. Because again, you get into a group like that and you they say it's for everyone. But like I said, there there will be an incident where you're where you realize, oh wait, this isn't for all of us. It ain't really for me the way it is for her. You know what I mean? And I'm just saying that from per, from personal experience. And again, doesn't mean every single group is like that. I, I'm I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is there when you get into groups like that. Well, you find out really quick whether or not you can truly oh, be yourself. Oh, you do find out really quick. You found out real quick. And if if you if you in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, you still don't believe that's the case, 
in the political climate and social climate that we are living in right now, as this country is plunging headfirst into fascism, I don't know what to tell you. Right. But right. <laughs> you gotta, you you gotta, you gotta start being a lot more alert if that's really what you think. So yeah, SOS Safe Spaces. We're gonna have that starting this month, April. I will leave a link for you to get notified of the dates, and 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 this link is just really for you to provide your name and your email address so that we can um, send you notifications when we meet. There will not be like an agenda or anything like that. There won't be like a specific topic of conversation. None of that. Like I said, it's just a space for us to gather and um, be together and, you know, pour out on each other. So if that's something that you're interested in, click the link in the show notes. And yeah, because we want to do that for you guys. (laughs) And we want to do it for us too. Yes, and we want to do it for us too. Oh, and there is no cost attached to this. Just show up. Be who you are. Share if you want to share. If you don't want to share, you don't have to. You can just just want to be in the company of some great black women. All right, y'all. So that's today's episode. We're going to get ready to get out of here. Just if you want to be notified when we're going to meet, give us your name and email address. We'll we'll send you all the details. Also, if there's a question or a topic of conversation that you would like to hear on the show, I'm also going to leave a link in the show notes of this episode for you to put that question in. And if you want, we can answer it in an episode or if we feel like it deserves a whole episode, perhaps we'll do an episode on it. So we'll leave that there as well. As always, follow us on all social media platforms where we are not still not active, but we are still still chasing strong everywhere. You can slide in DMs. You can, I mean, you can ask a question that way too, if you want to. So um, anything you want to add before we get out of here, Nanny? If you live near Kroger, uh, try the kicking crab salad. It's really good. Okay, I might go get some today because I'm near Kroger. Okay, listen. All right, look at you winning. You out here winning. Yeah, some crab salad, girl. Yes, a win is a win. Mm -hmm. I'll take whatever I can get. (laughs) That far. All right, guys, we are out of here. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you for tuning in. That's it, and that's all.